BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, wait. Are you, so, are you ready to move to this game or no? Oh, no. Okay, good. The MVP no. is the discussion. We'll, yeah. we'll discuss that right. in the next couple right. weeks. Right. Uh, moving on to the Raiders and Chiefs now. This was a huge wait. one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're, 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 you're screwing <laughs> me today. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? It's New Year's Eve. It's almost New Year's altogether. It's 10.20 p.m. Week 17 is almost in the books. Ahmed Farid and I are here at NBC Sports. We look the best we have ever looked on this podcast. We decided to keep our suits on for Football Night in America. He looks more handsome than I, but I'm trying to keep up with him. What's up, man? How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We probably won't make it to the New Year. I hope not. I'm hoping that we can go somewhere and get out of here before the new year. Yeah. All right. So we'll see we where that goes. Because I, I said to Pete, I was like, you know, we usually get done right around midnight anyway. Right. So I was like, well, maybe stick around for five minutes if it's 1155. And he goes, Chris is not on board with that. <laughs> I was like, he'd rather be in his car alone leaving work than with us for five extra. He's like, yeah, it, yeah. It's not with you. I mean, first off, we've been with each other for 12 yeah, hours it's now. It's been a long right? time. And I'm like, it's a football podcast. Yeah. I don't feel like people are like, oh, damn. I got to hang in there to the end to see Chris and Ahmed say Happy New Year. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe our fans like us more than I think they do. Yeah. Uh, I barely like you, so I have a hard time thinking they would like us <laughs> well, that's like what that. I was thinking. Maybe we just could, you know, <laughs> off the pod, just hang out for three extra minutes to celebrate the New Year. We'll see. We'll see. One quick question for you, though, yeah. in all seriousness. Uh, first off, it is great working with you. You are my great buddy. Great working with you. All right. Do you do New Year's resolutions? Yes, you I do. do. Yep. You got one this year already? Because I've been thinking about mine. I'm not mm. one to normally do that, you know, and I, and I think I've come to mine this year. Uh, it took a little while, but I, I figured it out. I think I'm going to try to, like, adhere to it this year. We'll what see you, what, what are you I can do. do? do you? Like, uh, honestly, less road rage. Less road, road rage. rage. Yeah, road rage. I have a heavy foot. Right. I'm very, you know, me into detailed. Let's not waste time. Yeah. Right. Maximization of the day. So, you know, I can get a little mean on the road and to the point to where my kids are literally at times like dad, chill out. Like. Right. Yeah. So I have to stop being a bad father, let alone a bad citizen. And I'm going to try to be less of an aggressive driver. I like that. Okay. Too. And knowing you, too, it's like they're probably often times where it's like you're maybe a little late on getting to where you need to exactly get to. Right. And no one, and the people on the road are not helping you no, in that no, situation. Right. I'm like, I want to go 100. Why are you doing the speed limit? Get out of the way. <laughs> uh, I think my, I'm pretty good on the road. I think mine is going to be less phone time. Oh, okay. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. like either less or no Twitter. I don't yeah. know how I'm going to do it exactly because right. we got to use it for but our business. Try to be keep your face away from the phone. Yeah, screen a little. it's so hard. I right? hear that. Do you see it in your kids yet? Because I see it in my kids. My kids are on screens a lot with and YouTube so and some games. Right. They're not on social media yet, which right. I think is good, okay. but. 
I don't know. It's, You're going to see. I, I definitely see when my kids have been on the phone all day, they all of a sudden have ADD and can't listen and yeah. want everything right now. Right now. Because it's, I just flipped it. I got this now. Now, now, now. Dad, Dad, is my dinner ready? I was like, you just told yeah. me you were hungry seven seconds ago. Like, hold on. Get off your phone. Yeah, like, shut the fuck up, kid. I know. <laughs> I know. I feel like we're running a grand experiment with our kids to see how much screen time will actually affect a kid down the road. Yeah. Just, we're, we're doing we'll this con- control experiment for everyone else out there. Yeah. All right. We are in our suits, if you're just listening and not watching. Um, I, I wonder if we'll be able to have the same vibe on the pod in I, the suits. Of course and- we can. Right? The suit doesn't make me. I make me. I'm going to be lots of dirty fucking words today, and we're going to go all in today. Let's go. Our uh, promise to you, the homie, as always, is going through each and every game. Uh, week 17, so many games have playoff implications. I feel like we have more teams in the playoff conversation now than in most years. I don't know. Maybe that's uh, no, just anecdotal. No, I mean, it's definitely been more of a thing uh, the last few years. I think this year is like the all-time mark. I mean, when we're getting, we're getting to the second to last week of the year, and basically there was like, what, Four teams canceled? Five teams canceled out of the playoffs before yeah. today? I mean, it wasn't many. Uh, I would like a few to be canceled so I didn't have to, don't have to study everybody so closely every week here, but uh, we only got one week nonetheless. I mean, there are seven teams that are still alive for two final playoff spots in the NFC, including the Chicago Bears that need a tie in our Sunday night game right now. It doesn't look likely No, it doesn't at look this likely. Point. That's right. 23-3 Green Bay to continue our tradition of 23-3 uh, Green Bay. They Bench Jaron Hall, Nick Mullins on his first drive of the third quarter, drove them down there. They got stopped on fourth and goal or fourth and three. Didn't get it. And the Packers are now driving, and they're going to win this game, it looks like, and really actually put it away right here to where I will not be referencing it again after this. So, as always, we will update you on a game (laughs) that you already know the result of in a year that is now gone and passed. Like, we're in a different year than you guys listening right now. Well, we're letting them know what happened last year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll tell you how the final hours of uh, 2023 go. All right, let's start at the top of the AFC because the one seeds in both conferences are locked up right now. And I actually didn't think that we'd – be able to say that in both of the conferences but it just fell that way and they were a couple of dominant performances none more so than the baltimore ravens let's start there the baltimore ravens have the one seed they're 13 and three they not only beat the dolphins they destroyed them shellacked them 56 to 19 they got the number one seed for the second time in franchise history they've got a six game winning streak now uh, this was one of those games where, what was it, two weeks ago, you and I came to the conclusion that the Miami Dolphins were the team to beat in the AFC. Right. And I think that we were wrong. Yeah, it looks like we're wrong. I mean, it's hard to think of a team that's going to go deep playoff run. I don't remember ever this many high seeds in the playoffs losing the way they've been losing in December, right? That's a good point. That's where it's odd. It's odd. Usually, like, the top two or three teams at each conference, even if they lose in December, it's like they barely lose. We've seen some games here as of lately where, you know, yeah, right now, like you're talking about the Cowboys or the Dolphins or whoever else, where we go, oh, my gosh, they've lost like that right now? I mean, it's rare to see. Um, the Ravens have hit their stride. The Ravens, as we kind of talked about a little bit last week, seem to play better when they're in fear of their opponent, right? We've kind of mm. made that point, whether it was the Niners, the Lions, when they were hot, right? The Seahawks scared them. Of course, the Dolphins scared them. The Dolphins were a team last year that the Ravens were up 35-14. to 14. What, late third quarter, early fourth, and lost the football game. Ravens absolutely stomped them today. The Ravens are a different football team than we've ever seen the Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh Ravens look like. I think that's the biggest thing that I come away with after the last few weeks is that you know, we know they're big and physical. We know the defense off awesome. You heard me say it in Football Night in America a little bit. This is the first year, though, they're going to go into the playoffs with Lamar Jackson and be a pass-first football team and then go, wait, if you overplay the pass, we have this huge offensive lineman and we can run on you too. 
but that is different about them, and it was an offensive show today. I don't know where else to say it. I mean, it never felt like, you know, I'm looking here at my notes, and really from the get-go I was like, Lamar's on fire. He's throwing the ball great. The passing game's killing it, right? I mean, we even had Rashad Bateman drop that bomb on the it was the first play of the game, right? So uh, Lamar, the passing game, phenomenal, right? He had time in the pocket. He made all the appropriate throws. And then the defense, a little at first, was getting beat by some of those slants you heard me talking about to the left, right? They kept kind of put a guy short, runs, run a little post route behind it, and that would kind of seem like, whoa, okay, they're breaking off a few runs, the Dolphins and they've kind of found this little scheme that's working. But the Ravens are so well coached, they kind of caught on to it. And I think that was Tua's first interception. They went back to the well one more time. Roquan Smith got the interception. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of where you felt like the game started to fall apart for the Dolphins. It was the one-play, 70-play, 75-yard touchdown pass to Zay Flowers, which was a Tyree Kill type of play, which I love, right? Off the motion, run up field. It confuses people because it's like, whoa, it's happening so fast. Wait, you got him, I got him. Are we in zone? Are we in man? He goes uncovered. And then the next drive was the two interception that led to, I think, the fourth and seven go-for-it Isaiah Likely catch, right? That was one-handed. And then... That was pretty much all she wrote. Ravens went up 28-13, to 13 and you felt like it felt like the, the Dolphins never had a chance after that. So that play, right, I'm glad you brought right. that play up because oftentimes on this podcast we do bring up the fourth down plays that don't work. But yeah. I do think that one, and that was quite aggressive, right? It I was. mean, they were up at the time. They felt in control, obviously. Yes, they did. But it was fourth and seven. They could have kicked a long field goal. You got the best field goal kicker maybe Probably in the history. Probably like a 53, 54-yard yeah. field goal, struggled a little right? bit on those 50 yards yeah, this year. Right. But, um, but still, they definitely could have tried it because I feel like that play – broke the Dolphins. Like, after that play, this game was basically over. It doesn't, didn't seem like the Dolphins did anything after that. You're right. They, they go into the half with the lead. Then they come out in the second half, right? And Baltimore, um, Baltimore has the huge kick return. And that was where you were like, oh, my gosh. Like, the D- Miami Dolphin defense isn't going to get to make a stop here and, and you know, hold them to no points. They got the ball. I think he returned it back all the way to, like, the 18-yard line. A few plays later, they scored a touchdown. And then you were like, wow, it's 35-13, right? And it kind of became a little bit of, like, oh, a stalemate for a minute. And you're like, ooh, the Dolphins going to, you know, mount a comeback like they did last year because it was 35-14. I think you heard me in the room going, oh, they scored a touchdown, but it was work to go down to make it 35-19. But it just didn't matter. I mean, the Dolphins had all the answers throughout the day throwing the ball. They even started to run the ball a little bit at that point. Uh, the Ravens, excuse Ravens, me. Yeah. And uh, the Ravens, yeah, right now, hitting their stride. Playing as good on both sides of the ball as we've seen them play all year. We saw that little inkling in the middle of the year where we went, hey, when the Ravens are at their best, they look like the 49ers. and kind of went away, but here they are. They've regained it just in the right time, and they're, they're looking awesome right yeah, the, now. The two one seeds, the 49ers and the Ravens, have looked – the most dominant the most times this year. Agreed. Like really. Agreed it's just like 10 games against good teams. Right. Just like, wow, yes. they are the best team in their conference. Yes. So Tyreek Hill, yep. 248 yards from breaking Kelvin Johnson's NFL record. Yep. He's the first player in NFL history with 1,700 receiving yards in multiple seasons, though. He was your MVP guy yeah. for a long time. Yeah. But now I think oh, yeah, it's it over. is now Lamar's. Right. Coach Mills says, damn okay, La MVP, perfect <laughs> pass rating, five touchdowns, put a stamp on the MVP race, looking awfully quarterbacky out there. Yeah, that's the great way to put it, Coach Mills. It's quarterbacky. You know, even you heard me talking about the fourth and seven play to Isaiah Likely. He kind of runs up in the pocket and – I feel like, again, old Lamar would have been like, oh, no, there's people here. I just got to tuck it and run. Go, go, gadget legs. Let's see if I can get it. 
he's still running up in the pocket, looking upfield, jumps because he's got somebody kind of coming at him and throws an unbelievable football to Isaiah Likely. Javon Holland was not in a bad spot there, and he puts it in a spot where it was safe. Like, Likely he's going to get it or no one's going to get it. They get the touchdown there, but, yeah, Lamar, I think, solidified the MVP today, definitely. You know, I think with the way the Ravens have been, right, putting more on his shoulders. And then, again, I don't think you could just look at overall statistics when it comes to Lamar Jackson, right? It's the effect he has in the football game. It's the plays he makes in big moments. Uh, you know, they, 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 he, he is everything the Ravens embody. Yep. And uh, great job by them. And way to go, Jim, John Harbaugh and, and the whole organization. So, Pete, do we have the locker room celebration for the Ravens in there? John Harbaugh was going crazy. And, I mean, what a – what a coaching year! He's not going to win coach of the. He's not going to win coach of the year. No. Um, but like, talk about we, we we have Bill Belichick in the conversation of who's the best coach in the in the NFL. There he is. Look <laughs> I mean, up. look at those look, moves. He's that, that's he's, good. Oh, oh, okay. He's got some. Oh, I like it. He's got some moves right there. Hip flexibility. Now he gets into the white man. I'm just going to throw my arms in the air. It. I don't know what I'm going to do. He can only sustain. For he like can three only seconds. sustain the soul for a little while. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, he but lost he had it. it going, and uh, they're a fun team. They got a lot of personalities. They're physical. They're fast. And uh, they're really well coached on both sides of the football. They got leaders. And, of course, they got a really, really special quarterback who looks like he's going to win his second MVP. And at Still Hines, I'm sorry. Uh This is a tweet from many moons ago. This was preseason when you picked the Ravens. Right, right. To be the one seed. Yes. This was in the preseason. I'm an idiot for doing that. We remember. We remember this. Pete remembers as well. This tweet to you. Because I will literally shave all my hair off if the Ravens finish with the one seed. Get yes. real. And I noticed today you and Pete retweeted this today just so people could t- take a look at this. Yes, we did. We, we're, you know, hey, at Wizzy, okay? and Or no, sorry, at Still Hines. At sorry. Still Hines. Yeah, I mean, at Wizzy, at QB, at SNFLNBC. <laughs> we know you. We've got you. So if you do decide to shave your hair, which, I mean, you're a man of your word, and you want to come at me with the get real thing, let's see if you can be real and be a man of your word. All right, And if you do, because this is all in good fun and we appreciate you listening to the pod and your interaction, please like take a picture, film it, something, because we're going <laughs> to yeah. put it on the pod. We're going to have some fun with you there. And you did say all of your hair, too, which means all of your hair, yeah. not even just your head. Right, and technically, <laughs> technically, that is what that You're means. Pushing it too far. I'm pushing it too far. Now it's gotten weird. Uh, the Dolphins. One thing, real quick about them. Yeah, Xavier Howard left. Oh, we Tua left. Bradley Chubb looks like that's a season Bradley ending injury. Bradley Chubb did not look good for Bradley Chubb. Yeah. Um, injuries piling up for the Dolphins a little bit. There, I worry about it. I do. You know, they're not the team that we ever thought was like the most physical team in football. Right. Um, no Mostert today. Right, the Tua thing certainly concerning. I don't think it's bad, but the Bradley Chubb that that's one that's significant. I really look at that and just go, man, they've they've arguably lost their two best players on their defense this year. Jalen Phillips to me is the best player on their defense, and now you lose Bradley Chubb. I think they were one and two when you really go off of it. Uh, so that that's unfortunate. And you know, you think about them and where they want to go, right? Oh, they got to play the Bills. They might have to play the Bills in the playoffs. They might have to play the Ravens again in the playoffs. You know, guys like Chubb and Jalen Phillips to corral guys like Lamar and Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, right? Going to be a lot harder to do without them out there on the football field, let alone Xavier Howard, who's been battling injuries all year long. So we'll see where it goes. There was a while there we thought the Dolphins might be the one seed in the AFC. Now they might not even win their division because the Buffalo Bills have that opportunity after taking care of business against the New England Patriots. 27-21, kind of an ugly game, at least for the offense for the Bills. I guess for the defense, it's a game that that they're probably going to enjoy looking at the tape for a I mean 
really ugly. Yeah. I mean, I think if it's if, if we really, like, if we're going to be honest about this, we're going to go if Bailey Zappi doesn't throw three of the dumbest interceptions we've seen, and then who was it? Brown fumbled at one point. You'd go. This game was going to be a nail biter. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Buffalo's offense was not capable of doing anything. Uh, I mean, you know, whether it was the first turnover of the game, they had the ball on the four-yard line, they had to settle for a field goal. They went nowhere, mm-hmm. right? So we never saw the Bills' offense get in any sort of rhythm today at all. And, uh, you know, we know the Patriots' defense is really good, but, you know, it's it's that's where the Bills, the offense is good. It's still not like I don't watch it and go, oh, wow, it's so creative. You know that. We've liked some of the elements with James Cook. I do, but I just I wonder if they still have enough on the offensive side of the ball, you know, to beat a Ravens defense or beat the Chiefs defense even, you know, once again, you know, without some of another playmaker just kind of being a, a part of the offense. But man, they couldn't do anything today, and uh, it was it was kind of concerning, honestly, in my opinion, that the offense looked the way it did. But for their, but I'll give them credit there here, Ahmed, is yeah. that they. You know, at least didn't do stupid stuff on their side of the ball. Allen did throw the one interception, which was bad. But after that kind of reined it in, and they realized what kind of game it was, and and they kind of embraced it from there. Yeah, 127 yards on the ground. They kind of grinded that out on 37 carries. Yeah, it was everything was hard uh, for the Buffalo Bills. But you just mentioned the injuries for the for the Miami Dolphins. They're playing for the division title next week, maybe on NBC. You probably know this before we do. Um, Like I, I don't know. You've got. You've got two teams that have their weaknesses, and I guess that's kind of like what it is in the AFC, right? It's like you look at these teams, and there's so many incomplete teams that don't have it all, and the Buffalo Bills seem like that. Do you, did you take anything positive from the defensive side well, of definitely. things? Well, definitely. Their defense is really well coached. Their, D, their D-line is awesome. It's hard. I mean, the Patriots' offense, as we know, is nothing to write home about, right? right? Um, hoping, like, Kyrie Elam can get back on the field for them a little bit, mm. maybe add a little bit of a man-to-man element for their defense at times. I think their defense, listen, I, I respect the defense in a big way. I'm just not sure what to think about the offense as a whole. I think the defense is going to be a pain in the ass for anybody they play in the AFC playoffs. I, I, don't, I don't doubt that. It's the offense and certain matchups that I worry about. And again, another day-to-day where good coach defense that has a little talent and you're like, okay, pass game, can't get going. Stefan Diggs, is he out here today? I mean, I mean, we barely ever saw him, right? And that's what I think is a little scary. I mean, hey, listen, if New England doesn't miss the field goal later on in the football game, which I want to say it was going to make it 27-24, maybe somewhere right around there, uh, or it was going to maybe be 20-17 to after Josh Allen threw the interception, uh, that game you know, I think could have got really uncomfortably close for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they missed that field goal. They kind of weathered the storm and went down and got a touchdown on the tush push from Josh Allen, and it just was too much for New England to come back from. Twelve losses for the first time in the Patriots franchise since 1992. Yeah. And I, I did hear you and Mike talking on the picks pod a little bit about, yeah, I don't know if the Patriots win the last two games here, and there's a little maybe, maybe it's not the end for Bill Belichick. But... I don't have any inside info there. He yeah. still can coach defense. I know that. That's for sure. Now they gotta be. They gotta figure out quarterback and explosive weapons on the offensive side of the ball. That's the big problem, and we'll see. But yeah, I mean, again, I don't think like, I think Bill Belichick, the football X's and O's guy, is still really good. Yeah. Bill Belichick, the hire the offensive coordinator, or you know, 
what kind of players make it happen in 2023, especially in the offensive side of the ball, I think that's where we question him. But, again, we saw today, Josh Allen was never comfortable at any point. I mean, there was really no highlights to show the Bills other than one throw to Dalton Kincaid down the middle of the field, right? Other yeah. than that, you know, it was tough sledding, and that's what I do worry about. I still worry about, hey, I know they're going to run the ball and they'll be tougher, and I like that about today, like you said. There's still that. But is that enough for them to really make a real run in the AFC? I'm just not sure. I've got it. Yeah. Bill Belichick is yeah. done in New England. You throw a party for him. Big ceremony. Defensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions next year. You book <laughs> it right now. You can coach defense. Great. It's, it's really, he doesn't want the responsibility anymore. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio... And producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, my god! They've done it again. They have won the AFC West for the eighth straight season. Here we're sounding the alarms. And, of course, offensively, they don't look like what they've looked in the past. What was it, six field goals in this game, too? Harrison Butker was basically their offensive MVP over Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Clean game, though, for Mahomes. Was not intercepted. They're 5-0 this year when he's not intercepted. And that's what you've been preaching for the Chiefs. Play clean offense. Rely on your defense. Embrace the ugly. That's that's going to be my new phrase, right? Embrace the ugly Kansas City Chiefs. This is who you are this year. 20 to 17, you know, 16, 13, 23, 20. That's your wheelhouse. Just accept it. Be who you are. You're going to run the football, run it more. You know, even today, at one point, it was like, why are they not running the ball more? Pacheco, I think, at one point had five carries for 88 yards. And I was just like, and then the next drive, they come out and throw the ball three times in a row. And you just go, what are we doing here? So, yeah, I'd like to see them embrace that, play through their defense, which is awesome. Mahomes be efficient, like we saw today. And then he'll make two or three big plays in the game. Oh, we're, sure, we're, we're sick of getting run on. We're sick of getting run on. Oh, now Justin Watson's one-on-one downfield. Big corner route. Oh, now Rasheed Rice is one-on-one on the right sideline. Big play down the sideline for that, right? That, to me, is who they are. But when they get into, oh, I think we're going to find the magic of 2018 again, that's when they get in trouble. Play ugly, be that way. There's been a lot of teams that have won Super Bowls just playing run the ball, quarterback be clutch at the end of the football game, defense be awesome, and they can do that. Defense defense struggled a little early on in the game, right? We were all sitting there going, damn, the Bengals are kind of moving the ball. But after the game went to 17-7 after the Mahomes strip sack, I mean, the Bengals couldn't do shit on offense after that. 
And like you said, I, it felt like the, the, the Chiefs were finally like, screw with how we look. We just got to win the game now. And they went into, let's just get down the field and get points. And we didn't go for it on fourth down too many times. We kicked field goals and did all that. And I think that's who they are. That's the way they yeah. got to gotta play going, yeah. coming down the, in the playoffs. They've gone from the Chiefs, don't settle for field goals, to the Chiefs, like, let's just get some field goals Let's just here. get some let's field goals. Let's just get some field goals, play the field position game here, run the ball, and that takes us to inside the numbers, powered by AWS. You mentioned him. Isaiah Pacheco had 18 carries for 130 yards, ripped off a 37-yarder. Uh, according to Next Gen Stats, Pacheco gained a career high 50 yards rushing over expected, the most yards over expected by a Chiefs running back in a game since 2019. Had the majority of his production come against light boxes, too, gaining yeah. 117 yards on 12 carries. So right. they, didn't, they didn't stack the ball. They're still scared of Patrick Mahomes and what yeah. that passing Everybody game can be. Everybody plays that way. That's right. Uh, but Pacheco made him pay. Yeah. So if they're go- everybody's going to play defense at first being, we're scared of Mahomes. We don't want him making magical plays and throwing bombs everywhere. So that's where, yeah, I'd like to see them be more creative, go more all in on the run game, more run game ideas. You've heard me say that, right? And then Mahomes, who played absolutely horrible on Christmas Day against the, the Raiders. I mean, horrible. Can and you the tell me more about that? Because you look back at the tape at that. Yeah, and you heard me say today, yes. right before we started, I just went, the, the, the Chiefs were a disaster against the Raiders. It was way worse than I even thought on TV, right? Where you thought, oh, TV, they made some mistakes or whatever else. They couldn't do anything in that game. Mahomes was horrible. The pass protection was horrible. They couldn't run. They were running into each other. I mean, we had the drop passes again. I mean, it was it was everything. Like, Mahomes was terrible in the sense that there was stuff out there that he was not taking advantage yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, not a ton. So don't I don't want to okay. look at it. But, but, yeah, there's definitely a handful of plays in that game. And, again, this is what happens to great quarterbacks when they're used to being a part of this machine that never gets stopped, right? They start to go, damn, like, we haven't got anything going. The five-yard completion just doesn't look as good. I want to jumpstart us. And you pass up completions. He did a little bit of that in the game. Mm. Let alone as the game went on, the Raiders were just all over their stuff. So, like, it was everything, right? It really was. But this was a good, gritty, bounce-back game where they were in trouble against a team that this is their last gasp effort. It was 17-7 to at home, and they found a way to get it done. And, again, the Chiefs are not awesome, yeah. but they're still going to be a pain in the ass in the playoffs. And I don't think it's crazy to go – Oh, the Chiefs are in the AFC Championship game? Like, no way. With this group and that quarterback in this defense, it just might not be the way we expect to see the Chiefs, but uh, they can do that. Let me give you a bonus inside the numbers, powered by AWS here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing deep. He had the 67-yarder to Rasheed Rice. Uh, Here are the dots for that play. Now, according to Next Gen Stats, and get this, this was kind of surprising. It won't be when you get to this. I think I know where you're going. It said today Mahomes was Mahomes' first game. With over 100 yards on deep passes, that's 20 or more air yards down the field, since Tyreek Hill left the team. That, I mean, I did not think, I didn't know the stat was that egregious. You heard me say last year many times, I think one of the worst things the Chiefs do is throw the ball deep. Because everybody plays them so deep all the time, they don't even ever get to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So they've got, you know, the way defenses play Mahomes, it's almost relegated them to always having to throw the 5 and the 10 and the 15-yard crosser and do that. You know, there was one game last year, it was on Netflix, where Mahomes was like, whoa, I can't believe they're playing me like this. It was mm-hmm. the 49ers, right? And remember on Netflix, he was like, they better, they don't know who they're messing with. They're going to play like this, right? And all of a sudden, he started throwing bombs. Yeah. So it's a little bit of, they don't get to do it much. Defenses don't let them have that opportunity. But you run the ball, and Isaiah Pacheco starts getting more yards than he should. 
defenses change, and now you get some one-on-one matchups, and they still got some guys there that can some make some plays down the field. And that was double inside the numbers powered by wow, AWS. Two for the price of one. Two for the price they just of one. one New time. Year's special. We give them two. It's our it's our parting gift on 2023 for being part of the pod. Right. Thank you, AWS. That'll pay us double next year. Let's go over to the NFC. Uh, Cowboys beat the Lions. I thought we weren't going to talk about this. Game. Oh no, we got a deep dive here. Deep dive. I I was laying in bed. Yeah. Trying to fall asleep at because I want to get a good night's sleep before doing football night in America. I, w- I want to be well rested. Sure. I don't want bags into my eyes. I don't want them to have to spend a lot of time like dark or like lightening up my dark circles under my eyes. <laughs> um. But I was like depressed because I bet you were. the referees just did not let my guy Taylor Decker <laughs> report eligible. And if they had, if they got that right, my Lions would have won the game most likely. Still yeah. twenty three seconds yeah. left. Right. Um, so I don't. I don't even know. I don't want to go back to no, that. I don't know place. how to feel either. Either way, I mean, you did some good things. We know that. You know, um, you moved the ball in one of the better defenses of football. Mm-hmm. You know, throughout the night, made plays there. Okay, score. You know, scoring points was a different thing altogether uh but but again that's that's a top-notch defense there still have the concerns about your defense as yeah. you know i mean man there was a lot of big plays on both sides of the ball that didn't make me feel better about either defense yeah mccarthy's management at the end of the football game the fact that he threw the ball on that second down right after the two-minute warning that was crazy to me i was literally sitting there like wait are they not going to make a bigger deal about this on the telecast right now? Like, I was literally like, wait, that was huge that they just threw a go route down the right sideline with a team that's got one timeout left. Like, right. I was like, what? Right? So, to make that mistake, then have Detroit go down the field and, of course, capitalize. And really, at, when they made that mistake, I'm not going to lie. Like, I picked Dallas to win the game. But when they did that, I was like, they deserve to lose. They deserve to lose after that right Until there. Dan Campbell went for two from the eight-yard line. Well, that I don't better. understand either, okay? <laughs> but either way, you know, I mean, Goff, Goff throws the interception late. Your defense gets the stop, holds them to the, to the field goal, right? Go down the field. Looks great. Everything's good. Get the touchdown. The two the, – the, the two-point conversion play with the ineligible, eligible guys, all that. Let's dive into that a little bit. All right. One, the referees obviously messed it up. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Mm-hmm. I will also say within the referees' defense that I don't think anything, any, any team has ever come out this situation quite like the Detroit Lions did, right? Three different linemen telling them, like, three different things. Like, I'm actually not eligible because I'm the tackle, but I'm going to go move the tight end, and I'm actually eligible – because I'm not the tackle, but I'm going to play the tackle position yeah. and be eligible. They wanted to throw a little misdirection. There was misdirection. So the Cowboys would be like, wait, we're not even sure who's who, right? The referees obviously messed it up. I don't know why in those cases they don't just take more time and go, hey, everybody, and explain it to the crowd. We'd all like to know, right? Yeah. Let the Cowboys go, wait, who's who, what? Give them a few seconds. I don't understand the rush of the situation, but I will say, and all in all, right, and I want to make sure I clarify this because I know you heard me say this already. Listen, if I was a head coach, I'd do the same thing and try to take advantage of those rules. All in all, though, I don't like that play. I don't like these type of plays. I think they're against the spirit of the rules of football. Too gimmicky for Too you. gimmicky. Again, our left tackle's eligible, and he's going to be a left tackle, but we brought in another left tackle – but he's not going to be a left tackle. We're going to line him at tight end, and we're going to have a cover up because he's actually a tackle. And if you have to explain it that much, it shouldn't be allowed. Again, it's football. 
I, I don't like that much trickeration to this. So we're going to get a big moment of the game and be like, who's who, what's what, and all of that. So, again, I would want to clarify, I would take advantage of these things too. Yeah. But I do feel like the NFL needs to step. This is very much as, I don't. You, well, you weren't on this text chain, but my pro football talk text chain, I was like, this is Ravens, Patriots in the playoffs in 2014 all, all over again a little bit. Something we had never quite seen done this way. And, yeah, it confused the refs and ended up screwing over your own football team. Well, it's very similar to the thing, too, that I was talking about with Lamar Jackson when he was scrambling around and then a ref fell down. And he tri- I was like, sometimes when you scramble back 20 yards, that's going to happen. I think the same applies for the Lions. You try to, you know, misdirect and confuse and send three linemen towards the ref. Every once in a while, they're going to get confused. It's, it's going to screw you. So I, I, like, I get that, and I, I definitely accept that. I, I would agree with you yeah. on the, the gimmicky part, except for the fact it's so dang entertaining when a lineman catches that pass, especially in the end zone. Yeah. Uh, for a touchdown, I want to get rid of the fake like we're going for it, but just get the delay a game penalty. That is my most hated play in well, the NFL right now. It's wasting our lives. I know that. So yeah, if, that's if where we it's get, like If you get rid of that one, I definitely want to get rid of mine <laughs> uh, if, we're, if we're making new rules here. So Dallas can clinch the NFC it's East incredible. with a win at Washington next right. week. And so if they do that, are they ahead of the Lions then or no? Would they be? Yeah, they'd be, they'd be tied. So they're tied now. Yeah, they're going to be the two seed. So they would be the two seed. Yes, so Lions you guys will be the three basically seed. Basically locked and into the three seed. your worst nightmare will come like. true. Yeah. The Rams and Stafford will be coming to town. That's how it looks right now. In fact, it almost looks inevitable that that's what's going to happen right now. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. Can the Rams, we'll, we'll have to figure it out. I'm not sure. Can the Rams slip to the seventh spot and then avoid playing the Lions? We'll see. We'll unpack that as the week goes here and try to figure that out. But uh, right now, yeah, you're playing the Rams in Stafford. We'll get to the Rams. They didn't look as scary today, no, so maybe no. I don't hate that as much as I would have uh, 24 hours ago. I uh, know who doesn't look as scary right now either? The Philadelphia Eagles. They lost to the Arizona Cardinals 35-31. So now Philly needs Dallas to lose next week to win the AFC East. They have lost four of their last five games. Yes. How about that? And it's been... An offense that hasn't been as good as it was last year. But nope. really, I mean, the story is on the defensive side, too. They allowed the Cardinals to score four touchdowns on their final four possessions. Yeah, it's um, concerning. I mean, you know, we, we've talked about it all, right? I mean, the offense definitely doesn't seem as creative or as complicated as years past, right? But from the get-go of this football game, I mean, Arizona marched the ball right down the field the first drive of the game. They had to settle for a field goal, which kind of were like, ah, you know, it was like a letdown. Like, ah, oh, that was their chance to, you know, really put some pressure on Philly because they got inside, uh, you know, the 10-yard line, I think, at one point. Short field goal. You know, Eagles, as they do, answer right back. But the thing that was like opened your eyes a little bit is the very next drive, Arizona went right down the field again. And you were like, my gosh, some of these holes in the run game are like gigantic. They are absolutely dominating Philadelphia right now. Kyler Murray throws the pick six, and it goes 14-3, and you go, ah, the Eagles are going to win this, even though they don't look like they're playing very good football. The Eagles have done this all year where it's like, yeah, they don't look that good, but they make the big plays at the big moments, and you go, here they are kind of controlling a football game. But the Cardinals hung in there and just kept hanging around, and at 21-6 started to – turn things into their favor and I mean it just seemed like every time they got the ball it was an eight it was a 10 play drive for 70 yards 75 yards and they were marching down getting points I mean Philly got pushed around up front big time and then of course we know their secondary is not great 
Kyler Murray certainly had some success there throwing the ball, but the story of the day was the Cardinals' run game and their O-line just punishing the Eagles' front. Yeah, Tanner Morris says, damn okay for the Cardinals' run game. Over 200 yards on the elite defensive line. Got the win for Gannon versus his old team, the revenge game for the old defensive coordinator for the Eagles. Kyler was lights out, he says, in the second half he as was. well. What does a win like this do for a young team moving forward? Yeah, I, well, question. yeah, I, I think that it's it's his... When you talk about culture, confidence, things to build on for the next year, right? You know, the, the Cardinal players, the young ones, are going to go, hey, our, our coaches are pretty good. Like, we, that was the Eagles, and we're, we're all, we got people open for big plays. We're running for big plays. We were on some of their stuff they were doing on the offensive side of the ball, right? May, you, know, may, may, you know, held them to a field goal late in the football game when we needed to. So it, I think this is a kind of game that, like, rallies the young core for the football team for next year. To go like, hey, wait, you know, new guys come in, free agents come in. Hey, our coaches, we got a clue here, right? And, of course, they have a ton of assets to go in the draft. I mean, they got a lot of positive things for sure. But Gannon's done a really good job. Yeah, how good do you think that felt for him? Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, that that was a – that's going to be a special moment for him. That's game win of the year for him. I would would, would bet that. And I think it sticks in Philly a little bit more, right? You know, by all due accounts, is you know, Gannon told them he was going to stay in Philadelphia. Vic Fangio left to become the Dolphins' defensive coordinator, and then two days later, Gannon left to become the head coach. And they were like, "Wait, we don't have a defensive coordinator now. We were going to name Fangio it, but you told us you were staying." So I think there's some bitterness in Philadelphia about that, and that's why Howie Roseman, you know. Uh, brought the tampering charges to to light in the offseason and all that. We'll see where it goes. But Cardinals, 4-12, and 12, yeah, not great. But how many games were they more impressive than we expected them to be and how close they were? And they got the on their resume that they beat the Cowboys and the Eagles this year, and there's something to, to say about that. Yeah, uh, so much at this time of the year, especially with these teams, is about draft position. And, oh, we want our team to lose to get that better draft pick. But this is a, this just shows you like what a win can do for you. Like the, For the reasons you mentioned, right? It's like, who cares whether you have the, the fifth pick or the seventh pick? Might even screw it up anyway. Maybe you'll luck out and get the better player at That's seven right. than you would have right. gotten at five yeah, right, there. Right. But this win, you can't take that away. No, no, you can't the take momentum. that away. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly right. At, at some point, you got to win some football games and show your team that there's hope or there's yeah. a light at the end of the tunnel. And I think when you talk about the way they run the football, hey, the quarterback looking good, you know, the OC is creative, got a damn good tight end in Trey McBride. Uh, our Michael Wilson, the receiver from Stanford, we talked about in the draft. He's a damn good player, you know. And then you add on Rondell Moore and Higgins and a few of these other guys. They got a lot of things that excite me. The defense needs some blue chip stars, maybe, especially in the front seven, but still not bad. Uh, they've done a really good job competing and, and staying relevant throughout the year. And yeah, I'm concerned with the Eagles. How could you not be? So you say the Chiefs have to win ugly, play through the run, play through their defense mostly. Yeah. How do the Eagles have to play? Lockdown Corner says, why do they? The Eagles call such predictable plays. Quarterback yeah. run, quarterback run screen when you can close out the game in the red zone. Why yes. don't we attack the middle of the field ever? Happy New Year, Gain. I'm frustrated. No, I he's uh those are those are proper assessments though. I, I think that that's the big thing, right? And when you you know, at lockdown cornerback, it it just feels like a year on the offensive side of the ball, they've relied on the, you know, my old saying, the Jimmies and the Joes over the X's and the O's. And and at times, okay. You know, it's easy to fall in that trap with the Eagles because, again, defenses bend to such a degree to have to stop or you have to worry about, oh, the run game and all that. And then we see 
Well, hey, it's one-on-one outside. Let's just throw it outside or throw a go route, right? Or it's one-on-one and we'll throw a screen. If he breaks a tackle, watch out. So I think for the most part, they've been able to keep a simple formula, right? And that's been enough. But you're seeing defenses kind of catch on to some of their tricks and what they go to in big moments or what plays they go to according to what defense you play. And, I, again, I think it's just a learning process for this Eagles team all, all, all together. Uh, and, and, of course, the, you know, the offensive coordinator, um, uh, what is it, uh, jo- Johnson, right? Um, I'm blanking on his name. But, yeah, Brian. Brian Johnson, excuse me. Yeah, it's a learning experience for him, and it, it hasn't been easy taking over for Shane Steichen. What was it, like four weeks ago? We were like, they've got the inside track to the one seed because they had the easiest schedule of any team in the NFL, not just the playoff teams, yeah. of any team in the NFL. And now that number one seed is going to the San Francisco 49ers. They took care of business against the Washington Commanders, 27-10, to 10, the final score. So they clinched that number one seed. They got 12 or more wins in consecutive years for the first time since the late 90s. They had three straight back then. Uh, 11th win this season by 10 points or more, and that's a franchise record. They have never done that before in the history of the 49ers. Um, This one wasn't like they didn't look like like a world beater in this one, but they they knew what they they, handled their business. Exactly. Uh, What what, what do you make of of the 49ers clearly looking like the class of the NFC? Yeah, I I mean, I think you said it right. Like it was impressive, but it wasn't their best football. No. Right, we we saw Sam Howell in the passing offense, you know, catch a little fire. Game got a little competitive. 49ers, you've heard me say, you know, man to man things like that. Those aren't their greatest things. And then we saw they played man to man, and Terry McLaurin was like, "Zoom, see you later." Yeah, right. And they threw some big passes that way. In fact, I think on that uh, first touchdown drive, it was two Terry McLaurin passes and man to man coverage that really got them down there and set it up. It was twenty to ten, 49ers, and the Commanders drove down. And that's where Sam Howell threw the interception, like on the five-yard line. I, be- I believe that was Lenore who got that one. And that's where the 49ers went on the march to say, see you later, this game's over. We've let you hang around enough. And Purdy made that, and of course, the incredible scramble and, and play all there all together. But, you know, again, I think we see the 49ers, the dangerous weapons they have on the offensive side of the ball. We see that the defense is definitely a little less dominant than – We've seen from the 49ers late in the season in certain years here, but I, they'll get it right. They will. And I think they're a little bit beat up on the defensive side of the ball too. This will be big for them that they won this game, and now week 18 they can play it any way they want, right? The Rams are in the playoffs, so it doesn't matter about the game in general. Mm-hmm. But, one, if they have some guys that, oh, this guy's beat up, like we could play if it meant something, but we don't have to now – let them get you know full recovery mode so they can be at their best for that first-round divisional game. It's going to be tough because you have that debate for both of the one seeds now. They have it locked up. You're not going to play. You get the bye week, yep. so you know you get a week off there. Yeah. It's like the rust versus rest debate and how much do you play the guys. And if a guy, God forbid, gets hurt in this Week 18 game that meant nothing, it's just like, oh, why do we do that? That's going to be, you know... They got good, good for the guys who good for the guys who are dinged up. Yes. like you mentioned. Right, right. It might be a tougher call for the guys who are not. Yeah, that, that's it's it's a fine balance of damn. I want us to go in a hundred percent, but I'd also like us to be playing as close to a hundred percent our best too. And that's hard, as because we've seen this and we've talked about it. Number one seeds who don't play the last week of the year, all of a sudden they get in the first d- the divisional round and they haven't played football in three weeks, and then we go, damn, they don't look the same, right? And that, to me, is where I always err on, you know, what would New England do? And what did New England do for 20 years as they dominated football? They got in a lot of situations like that. And if they had the number one or two seed wrapped up, 
last week of the year, they still played their starters for a half, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe some of the other role players into the third quarter before they started to say, all right, we're out. I think there's important things there to be done to keep you in the groove of, you know, pregame, getting ready for a game, your emotions, firing off the ball, keeping your good habits alive. You don't want to go that long this time of the year without playing because you're going to get one team that's going to go, wait, we're 100% healthy. We're 100% playing our 100% best. And now you haven't played in three weeks. And that's scary. As we know, we've seen this year, lesser teams beat better teams, you know, every week. I feel like we talk about that. Baseball Daniel 1 says, damn okay, Brock Purdy, for bouncing back after a tough loss. Dude just has such great self-belief yes, and he does. confidence. How would you handle Week 18? Oh, we just talked about that. So yeah. we, we beat you to it there, Baseball but Daniel. But great bounce back by Purdy. Exactly. Four interceptions against the Baltimore Ravens, none versus the Washington Commanders in those two touchdown passes. Interceptions that were made way too big of a deal of the whole week. Yeah, not all interceptions are created equal. These weren't ones where it's like, whoa, he didn't see the guy and he hit the guy in the chest. The first one was. The other three were a little bit of, hey, the Ravens are awesome and some bad luck. But it wasn't like, oh, man, he's way, he's, he's you know, out of his mind here. He's not even seeing the field right. He's making dumb throws. It wasn't that crazy. And I feel like that's how it got blown out of proportion a little bit this week about his play. Mm-hmm. But either way, he made a lot of big throws today uh, and the 49ers back on track. Christian McCaffrey did leave in the third yeah. quarter with a calf injury. Right. Kyle Shanahan saying that he had something wrong with his calf, possible calf strain. We'll see tomorrow. So the first round bye, very good in that situation with Christian McCaffrey giving him maximum time to come back. Let's move on to the AFC South. Still up for grabs. Only one team has been eliminated here. But we don't know who's going to win the division because Jacksonville, the Colts, and the Houston Texans are all Nine and seven. They did bounce back, though. The Texans beat the Titans 26 to three. They would clinch a playoff berth with a win next week, would clinch the AFC South with a win and a Jaguars loss. CJ Stroud was back. He was uh, efficient, nothing that really stood out, but no. it, was a, it was an easy Texans win that maybe coming into this year, you didn't think they'd have any easy wins, and now they're a team that is on the doorstep of a potential playoff spot. He just misses no throws, really, right? So, like, the game is maximized, and that's where, you know, we come in here a lot of weeks and talk about how good he is, but sometimes I don't know if everybody – you don't realize how good he is until you see some other quarterbacks play in the offense, and you go, hey, we took that 27-yard out route for granted that C.J. Stroud just walks into everybody's pocket every week, Right. And all of a sudden you go, damn, the offense doesn't move the same. So, I, you know, again, like any great quarterback, when he's on the field, the confidence kind of permeates throughout the rest of the football team. But this was, you know, pretty much a dominant affair. It was a little bit of a defensive struggle at first. But you could see that Tennessee was not going to be able to move the ball on the Houston Texans. They had a hard time moving the ball against the Houston Texans a few weeks ago. And... You know, with Will Levis getting knocked out of the football game, Ryan Tannehill having going back in, yeah, it just, it's kind of the thing we talked about with the, the Tennessee Titans all year. If they can't run the ball, they just don't have enough in the pass game, weapons, you know, imagination, any of it, to be dangerous. And this was one of those days where 
Yeah, it seemed like they had nothing going there. And not that the Houston Texans were awesome on offense, but they were efficient, they're balanced, and they slowly just started to break down this Tennessee Titans defense. Yeah, uh, you saw by the passing chart right there, C.J. Stroud averaged a career low 5.3 air yards per attempt, his second career game averaging under 8 yards. So it's like that is the one concern with them. They lost Tank Dell. The I know, deep threats. lost the big play threats, right? So got Nico Collins there. Yeah. But, yeah, that speed to stretch right. the field, you, you don't have that anymore. Um, Tennessee without we have Will Levis, who left in the second quarter, just if they can run the ball, there. even though Ooh, Houston, the, the Houston, right? If they can just continue to kind of run the ball like they have over the last month, I think that'll be enough to get people open down the field. Between that, the game plan design, and then Stroud being really arguably the best play action quarterback in football, as far as you know, aggressive down the field on the money throws, throw after throw after throw, he's up there with anybody. Uh, that'll be enough for them. They, they don't, you know, they'll miss, they'll miss the speed at receiver, but I think they'll be able to get away with it. If Houston gets a win next week, they yeah. are in the playoffs, but they got to beat the Indianapolis Colts, who would clinch a playoff berth themselves if they get a win versus the Houston Texans. They would also win the South if they can win, and then Jacksonville loses at Tennessee. That is less likely. Uh, but this is basically a playoff game because the Colts, Took care of business against the Las Vegas Raiders just by three points here, 23-20. to 20. Gardner Minshew making some big plays in the passing game. Yeah. Um, when you look at the highlights of this game, you're like, man, that's a pretty impressive game for the Colts. Right. You look at the score, and you're like, oh, they, they were lucky to get they out with a win in this one. Let the Raiders hang around. You know, I think that, 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 that would be the big thing. You know, had it maybe a, a chance to capitalize on some good drives where they settle for field goals and let the Raiders kind of just keep, okay, we're not out of this. And I think that was really why it became uncomfortably close. I like, though, when the Colts play this way, to me, this is when they're most effective. The patience of the run game, right? I don't think that you can't put it on Gardner Minshew and go, oh, you know, mid-30s, high-30s throwing the ball. To me, that's not when he's at his best, right? He's not a carry-the-team quarterback. He's a, hey, coach, if we do things the right way, I'll take advantage of everything you kind of – put out there for me today but if you're asking me to like drop back play after play after play and then scramble and make great throws no I'm going to screw up a few times and I'm going to miss some throws too right so this to me when I come away from these kind of games where I go oh they ran the ball and then oh 15 for 23 for 224 right 15 completions for 200 it shows you that you know hey yeah they're controlling the line of scrimmage the defense is worried about stopping the run and they took some shots down the field and to me that's when they are at their best Right, you know, it felt like they were in more control of this game than twenty three twenty. Totally, yeah. But you know, I think really it's it's the end of the football game. The Raiders' offense finally started to kind of catch on fire. They did nothing really in the first half, and you know, late third quarter into the fourth quarter, all of a sudden they started moving the ball up and down the field, and Aiden O'Connell kind of got in a rhythm, and uh, he and Devonte Adams started to tear it up a little bit. Uh, but but overall, it was too little, too late with the late score, and, and the Colts hung on. Yeah, Devontae Adams' 23rd career game with 10 or more receptions tying Antonio Brown's NFL record. That's going to be very interesting next year. I mean, the Raiders have now been officially eliminated from the postseason in 2023. Uh, they got an interim head coach right now. Devontae Adams, who knows, right? Under contract, but I don't know. It's like I I wonder where some of these – Josh Jacobs. What's going to happen with this team next year? I feel like it it almost has to – it feels like to me it almost has to start over. I'd want to blow it up to a degree. 
You know, not that saying the coaching, like really Antonio Pierce has done a great job to make you go, oh, he's definitely done enough to be in the conversation for keeping this job. But I don't think Aiden O'Connell is the answer, right? Devontae Adams, what I just come to is he's probably one of your best assets to accumulate some other things to make your team richer, right, as far as better players across the board in the football field. Was he, is he going to be want to be around if they draft the young quarterback and go, hey, we're – you know, we're going to compete this year, but it's a rookie quarterback. We don't know how good we can be. I don't know. Uh, so that, that will be interesting to see where this whole thing goes for the Raiders in the offseason. Uh, I don't expect Josh Jacobs to be back there either. You know, and I think you know, they got White, who's pretty good, and shown that he's capable of running the ball here the last two weeks too. Yeah, 20 carries, 71 yards for White. Devontae Adams had 21 targets in the game, too. They just kept, they kept throwing the ball them. over his way. Uh, so the Colts, they could be scary. They could win a game. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 96 yards for him. So through the air, on the ground, balanced team, can make some plays on defense. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's exactly right. A little bit of a scary team. They, they are scary. If, they can, if their offense, you know, if Shane Sykin cracks the code, the way they can rush the passer Right and do that. Yeah, they are scary. We'll see what happens next week. I mean, it'll be a it's going to be a great showdown watching them and the Houston Texans duel it out to see who to who wins and who gets in the playoffs. Who's going to win the AFC South? Could be the Jacksonville Jaguars. They would clinch the AFC South with a win at Tennessee next week. They took care of business easily against the Carolina Panthers, twenty six to nothing. Uh, snapped a four game losing streak. Boy, it has really been a slog for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, so I, I guess maybe this is a get right game. Although the offense wasn't. Like, necessarily awesome. Carolina's got a pretty good defense. Yeah, they do. Let's give a shout-out, though, to Josh Allen. Three sacks in the game, set a Jacksonville single-season record with 16.5 sacks this season. Yeah, uh, incredible. Contract year. You know, guy that's been a really good player. But I was like, I don't know if he's ever going to be an elite pass rusher. He showed this year he's an elite pass rusher. You know, they were all over Bryce Young and that Carolina offense. You know, it's kind of the same story we've talked about all year. You know, Carolina, it's just there's not enough people there, you know, as far as to support Bryce Young. It's ugly every week almost on the offensive side of the ball. It really is. I mean, it's few and far between. I know last week against the Packers, it was better. But, hey, I thought Jacksonville, they played it the right way. They knew who they were playing. I didn't really feel like Bethard took any chances or was reckless at any point. They ran the ball. Hopefully they can get that going. It's been a huge element of their team that's missing as compared to last year. Uh, but, yeah, once ATN kind of broke that long run and made it a you know, 16-0 lead, two touchdowns, two-point conversions, you just kind of felt like that was too much for Carolina to overcome. That would be a positive development for them if ETM can be that big play guy again. For yeah, them. yeah. I, you know, offensive line play is going to be big for Jacksonville here. The reason Trevor Lawrence isn't in there because he's getting the shit kicked out of him every week. They don't protect that well. They can't run the ball to take any pressure off them. So they've had to ask Trevor Lawrence to drop back time after time after time and make big throws and it caught up to them finally. So we'll see if this can get them back on track here. But yeah, it hasn't been an impressive month and I'm not ready to sit here and just go ooh, it's because they won 26 to nothing that they're back, you know, in winning tip-top shape here. Yeah. Certainly not. It, it's hard to gauge with Carolina and some of the issues they have on the offensive side. Good news for Carolina. They do secure the number one pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. The bad news is it belongs the to the, the Bears. Yeah. But as Mike Florio brought up, the good news is that they do have the number one pick in every other round, too. So that, I guess that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's good, too. Um, yeah, it has not been a year to remember for Carolina, including their owner, 49 or 701, says, damn okay, David Temper. You see that? I mean Tepper. 
We didn't think we'd see any owners as bad as Dan Snyder so soon. So here's a video if you're oh, yeah. I seen watching on yet. Peacock and YouTube. This. So basically he's at the game and he just takes his wow. drink and he just chucks it out the window on top of Jaguars fans. Yeah, I, I, he definitely did here. He's, I'm sure it was getting razzed a little bit and people were talking to him, right? But damn, I mean, he's off the top ropes here in the second row. And honestly, I mean, I, it, it looks like he got like, it's like a kid or somebody too yeah. that like gets up here. It's like, what right. the hell? Right? Doesn't it look like a kid? Could be a short man too, yeah. but yeah, it could be. I think it is like a kid in a Jaguars jersey. So here's, here's what I'm kind of getting the feeling. Like maybe maybe David uh, Tepper does does not have what it takes to be an NFL owner. Maybe well, he just can't handle the situation. I I think between the disrespect of Frank Reich, Reich, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe meddling in personnel a little too much, and then stuff like that. That ain't a good look. I know that. That's not a good. That that looks like a spoiled billionaire brat. Yeah. That's what that looks like. Uh, so I would hope that the NFL comes down pretty hard on David Tepper uh, for that. That's that's inexcusable. Again, the, you you can't let him away with that. If the NFL wants the players to act accordingly, coaches and owners can't act like you know renegades. Sorry, they're the ones that have to set the example and be the standard. And if the owners acting like a fool, then don't be shocked if the players act like a fool. Yeah, two and fourteen for the Carolina Panthers. Boy, a year to forget for every fan of that team. I feel sorry for you. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Let's go to the NFC South now, down to the wire. Could have been clinched by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but uh, the New Orleans Saints, 23-13, get the win. And now they would clinch the NFC South with a win versus Atlanta and a Tampa Bay loss at Carolina next week. So Tampa Bay is still in the driver's seat of winning this division. Baker Mayfield, we've got to look on his uh, – I think he's going to be okay, but yeah. took a shot to the Big shot. left Rib, shoulder and shoulder, ribs area. Right. Yeah. Um, I feel like we have a, a like a blind spot with the Saints. Well, it's I know it, it's 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 hard. I it's it's them. They're the blind spot. It's not us. I, I'm convinced of that. They're just a little bit all over the place with how they play. Right? I mean, th- that's just the bottom line. But today, like, how could you not be proud of the way they played? 
I mean, first off, the balance they showed early on in the football game, that was impressive. Their defense was all over Tampa. They couldn't do shit, really, until, what, late third quarter, fourth quarter? I mean, there was nothing they could do, okay? And then I give Derek Carr some credit for, you know, it's a a Buccaneers defense that's been hot as of lately, and he hung in there and made some big throws and, and big moments. And I think some of them were, to me, it's just that, it wasn't necessarily that they were all like big explosive plays, but you know there were so many drives during the game where you were like, ah, Tampa's got them a third and seven here. They're backed up. They're they're going to get the ball in good field position. They're about this is going to change right here, and then he make a big throw and get the first down. There was a lot of third down conversions. I felt like early on in the game that Tampa had kind of like in their favor, and Derek Carr and company converted him. I think that was a big story of the football game, let alone, yeah, his connection with Jawan Johnson and the fact that they kind of stayed patient with the run game. And then, of course, their defense causing the turnovers that they did was really the story of the game. And uh, that that Saints secondary, it's pretty damn good. And they gave Baker Mayfield and, and those wide receivers all they could handle today. Yeah, Derek Carr, eight touchdowns, one interception his last three games. Had those two touchdowns, no interceptions in this one. Yeah, and like the, the Buccaneers offense, what, they had a four-game win streak. Rashad White had been running really well. And I think his longest run was the one where Davis got the fumble he and just fumbled. ripped it out. Right, so Jonathan another good Abraham, play. right. And so it was like they were kind of on the verge of being this offense. You're like, man, maybe they're the scary team that you don't want to play in the playoffs. I agree. It didn't look like that today, but credit to the Saints. Yeah, yeah. You know, Elante Taylor, the the Bucs were moving the one time. And, I mean, Baker kind of had Palmer on a corner route, underthrew it a little bit. You know, but, again, in field goal range at that time, end up with no points there. You know, throws the big pass to Palmer. Right? Remember this? And Palmer stumbled and fell to the ground and fumbled. Oh, yeah. Down in the red zone. Right? Then we had Aber, uh, Jonathan Aber had an interception. And then, like you talked about, the Bucks were moving. Rashad, Rashid White, uh, Rashad White had yep. broken the run and got up the right sideline. He gets strip sacked. So it kind of felt like two or three times during the game, Tampa kind of like we were like, oh, here goes the momentum. Here they go. They're going to get going offensively. And the New Orleans defense made a play. And kudos to them. Uh, really is. They got some, like I said, some talented guys in the secondary. They got some old veteran leaders on their defense. They've continued to fight. And Derek Carr, who's you know been beat up mentally and physically this year, good job by him hanging around and, and making big plays today. Bucks still in the driver's seat, though. Yeah, they just have to beat Carolina they win, in, right? next week. They win the division. Yep. So maybe I, I stand by my statement earlier. No team's going to win. This, this every is team's going to lose it. Of don't ever think you got it figured out. I mm-hmm. mean, again, I took the Vikings tonight in this football game because I went. The Packers have looked like such shit the last three weeks that I can't possibly pick them for how they played, and here they are just fucking up the Vikings left and right, right? I know you love all these swear words, but it is the year of, you heard me talking about this a little bit, where you start to go, oh, I think I know this team. They're just not very good, and all of a sudden they turn the corner and you go, wait, they're going to beat this team and they're going to win next week? It's like a 180 from the way they looked for four weeks before that. I I feel like we've seen that more this year than than ever before. Uh, Let's save that for because there's one minute to go in that one. We'll do that one next. Your Green Bay Packers and uh, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, let's talk about their NFC North division yeah. rivals. Right. The Chicago Bears beat the Atlanta Falcons. Not only beat on 37-17. Uh, it was, what, DJ Moore over 150 yards. He and Justin Fields, that's becoming very fun. Very, very. That combination there. Justin Fields had a touchdown run in the game. 
of Chicago now. Like, this is the crazy thing. Now it's over. They have now been eliminated because the Packers and Vikings did not tie. Yes. But the fact that they stayed in it this long after the start that they had, props to everyone in that organization. Like, you know, you talk about Arizona, right, and wins like that. Uh, that Matt Eberflus was like, yeah, we're out of it after week nine, basically. But we're not, we got to keep fighting here. I got One, I want to keep my job. Two, we got to start building something here to where we can look to next year and go, hey, you know, we, we can win football games. We can compete with the, the big boys. I'd argue over the last six or seven weeks that the Bears have been one of the best teams in football. Forget just like, you know, oh, wow, they won a game here and there. I mean – Toe-to-toe with the Browns, right? Toe-to-toe with your Lions and that other loss early in November where they could have beat them, right? So you're talking about, you know, some close losses and then, yeah, ultimately have won five out of the last seven football games they have played on and, like, dominated Arizona last week, who dominated the Eagles today in a lot of ways. Dominated Atlanta today. I mean, total domination. So, uh, like, defense suffocating. Suffocating. One of my favorite, like you know, I have a man crush on the Browns. The Bears' defense might be my other one. Ooh. It's it's every play. It's like fuck you. We're in your face. We dare you to try to throw it deep on us. Go ahead, right? I mean, it's man to man. They get after the quarterback. They're all over the run game. Their offensive side of the ball. They run the ball great. And you just said it right. Like Fields and the Moore connection are real. They got to stay with Fields next year. He's definitely done too much, right? I know I waffled at the halfway point. Forget it. He's too big of a playmaker. His throwing has come along to a point now to where you go, no, no, no. It's not a detriment. He makes plenty of plays. It's not perfect, but it's damn good. And he's got some other elite skills about his game that we can't just let go out the door, let alone we don't want to waste our one of all these picks on a quarterback and kind of go, oh, we got to bring him along. Like, they're kind of ready. Justin Fields is fine. Draft a Marvin Harrison Jr. Get a pass rusher. Play with your other second and third round picks, and you're going to see a Bears team that's going to be real scary to Ahmed Farid and all Lions oh, fans next year. You know, this is what I'm thinking about right now. Yeah. If Kirk Cousins was healthy right now, yeah. And we didn't think this coming into the year, NFC North, yeah. by the end of the year, like if Kirk Cousins was playing, yeah. And, and still the Vikings are in like yeah, yeah, right. the hunt, or they were, for a playoff spot, like top to bottom. Strongest division in football? It's 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 better than what we envisioned. Top that's to bottom. Sure. Like if you're talking about Chicago being the worst team in this division, yeah, that's a pretty good division. Yeah, I still think I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I mean, the AFC North is the best all around division, right? Considering that three of them are still in the playoff all hunt right, that's right now. Fine. Do what you want to do, but <laughs> but your points real. Let alone there's future aspects about your division yeah. in the NFC North that excite you. I mean, we know Green Bay, I know they're not out of it. They got a ton of young talent, too. You guys do. Detroit. Of course, the Bears. And we know Minnesota with O'Connell and, and company are, are certainly going to have something to say about this as well. You're right. Green Bay is not out of it because it has now gone final. I'm watching Melissa Stark on the field with champagne bottles and Jordan Love. Looks like she has the same stuff we got here. I think she does have the same stuff. Yeah, Morgan hooked her up as well. Uh, Packers defeat the Vikings. Uh, 33 to 10, the final score. Corey Joskowitz is tweeting us. Hey, what up, Corey, Corey? Happy New Year. Love you and the crew. Love you too, Corey. Happy New Year. Jordan Love's TD was the off platform type of throw to read. Have you seen him get that more under control as his play has improved, or is it luck? So we have uh, just finished watching this game. You probably saw more of the second half than I did. Jordan, didn't Love, miss anything. Jordan Love made some, uh, some good plays, back foot. 
couple back foot throws. Maybe you're like, maybe you should have used the front foot a little bit more on those. Uh, but yeah, what do you think of the Packers overall and Jordan Love and his maturation? This yeah, year? Uh, dominant effort by the Packers today. Jordan Love can make hard throws look easy, right? His top end talent's real. Like the touchdown pass down the middle to Jaden Reed today, yeah. right? That's what you're talking about. He had no feet on the ground. I mean, that was like Favre Aaron Rodgers-ish looking. Like, let me kind of just torque my hips. My feet are off the ground, but I got big hands and long arms, and I can still throw it 50 yards down the middle of the field on the money, right? He does a lot of that stuff really good. We've talked about sidearm, off-platform, off-back foot throws. It's when sometimes when you go, wait, that's not necessary – and the guy's open for wide open for 15 yards. Just be Johnny quarterback mechanic guy and knock it in there. And then he'll miss some of those throws at time. But still, the growth overall for Jordan Love this year has been phenomenal. You know, Green Bay's scary. They are. They're damn good. I don't know if they're going to get in the playoffs here. But either way, I think there was a lot of positive things from this year no matter what. And, you know, this game, as you talk here, this was, you know, I think Minnesota made the wrong decision by starting Jaron Hall. They you know up. I thought that. I said that earlier this week. I didn't even think it was fair to start Jaron Hall. I was going, damn, you're going to put Jaron Hall in against a division rival and he's played one drive as an NFL player and the playoffs are on the line? Like, I know Nick Mullins made some dumb interceptions last week, but damn, they went up and down the field on the Detroit Lions. Like, it wasn't – to me, that, that didn't make sense. And as you saw in this one, Jaron Hall was – a little bit deer in the headlights and in over his head on this one. Missed some throws, people open, you know, not great accuracy, all of that. And they never got in a rhythm offensively in the first half, and it was too late. You know, they went into halftime, they made the switch, but it was 23-3, to and that's all she wrote. And, uh, you know, there just wasn't enough there to, to come back in the second half. So, Pete, do we know what the situation is for the Packers here? How, so, currently, they are the seventh seed. And who do they have the last... Uh... Last they're, game. They're currently the seventh seed. They got the Bears at home. They are. Are they officially currently the seventh seed? Are you sure yeah, about that? I'm looking at it. Yeah. Okay. Well, hold on. You're right. No, because the last it time. Update. No, they are, though. You're right. They are got they? the tiebreaker on C- on uh, on uh, Seattle. Okay. They do. So they, they right now are the seventh seed. Seattle is at the eighth seed right now. So what do they have to do? Just win? And yeah. I think in? win and they're in. I, I do believe that's 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 the uh, that's the magic formula here. The Chicago Bears though would, would relish the opportunity. It would be the second year in a row that the Green Bay Packers could be eliminated from the postseason by a rival NFC North team that is not in the playoffs. Yeah, it's a scary game. Yeah, I mean the, as we've seen, the Bears haven't laid down for anybody. They're not going to lay down now. They're kind of oh, going. No. Wait, we were not used to winning. We're having fun. We'd like to go in the off season winning. So that'll be a scary football game. It will. And I would not be shocked if the Bears go into Green Bay and pull off the upset. I will not. You know, I mean, I've been riding Chicago with betting on my best bets, like Pete will tell you, almost like every other week lately, and they've been coming through. Uh, but they're playing good football, and that'll be a fun game to watch. You know, rivalry with something on the line always makes it a little bit better. So that game is going to be at 425. We got the schedule out? The schedule's out. Okay. That's uh, Sunday, 425. Our game? Bills at Dolphins. Oh, baby. Do, 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 For the AFC. Here it Ooh, is. I, baby. The NFL has tweeted it out. We have put it. Thank so you, So Saturday Morgan we Pete. have the meaningless Steelers-Ravens game, which is not meaningless because if the Steelers win, 
They can still get in. Yep. We will have the all or nothing Saturday Texans Colts game. That's a good game. That's that that means something for real. That's awesome. And I'm trying to look like Sunday. How many meaningless games do we have there? Well, it looks like the 425 games are almost like all meaningless, right? I mean, Dallas has to win to just keep the number two seed, right? I think that's that's the big thing there. Uh, and Packers, you know, Packers if they win. Are they at 425? Yeah, too? yeah, they yeah. are. You're right. Sorry, I'm trying to read the gra- graphic from distance. So yeah, that 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 that's that's a good one. So yeah, I guess we're gonna have some of the position juggling Seahawks, Packers, 425, all trying to get in for that same spot, and that'll lead to our next Sunday theatrics. There, all right? I, I cannot wait. It is time. This leads to give me the headlines presented by Hyundai. We got two games. The printing press is going. The Rams, they won. They're in the playoffs. They beat the Giants by a point. Your headline for this one is? Just ram it in, baby. Ram it in. That's right. The Rams ramming it in. And I say that because they rammed their way into the playoffs, all right? Don't let your mind go to dirty places here. See, I got in trouble by saying that the one homie had to shave off all his hair. Right. Because the tweet was ambiguous. Yes. And now you just do this and it's fine. I'm just talking about football. They rammed it in. They rammed their way in the playoffs. And Kyron yeah. Williams rammed it in the heart of the, the Giants' defense. It is true. There's nothing inaccurate that no, you're saying. there here. is not. Even though there's a lot of fun to be had with this comment as well. But Pete's getting more nervous by the second. I can hear um, it. So, yeah, the Rams have clinched a playoff berth. They have won six of their last seven games, yes. including three straight. They've been in the playoffs now five of the last seven years. Right. Last time they were in the playoffs, I brought this up on football night, they, <laughs> they won the, the Super Bowl. Bowl. Um, the Derek Quinn has tweeted us and says, damn okay to Sean McVay and the Rams. Everyone counted them out preseason and to see them in the playoffs after the way the season started being three and six is huge. Now they're incredibly dangerous to whoever they play in the playoffs. They know what it takes to win this time of year. They do. I mean, it's McVay. It's the battle tested, you know, aspect of the Rams. They're feisty. It's their quarterback. It's Stafford. It's Aaron Donald still being there. Right, I, you know, it's all of those things that play into this. So uh, they're they're certainly not afraid of end of the season playoff type of football. Today was a little shaky. It was, you know, they won by a point. They squeaked it out. It should have never got to that point. You know, they controlled the game more than what the score would show. You know, on the scoreboard when all said and done. You know, I, I think it was more to me, again, the Giants did some good things. There's no doubt about that. But I, to me, as watching it, it felt more like Rams' mistakes than necessarily the Giants were outplaying them, right? I mean, Stafford's both of his interceptions, the guys were open. Stafford hits those throws 99 out of 100 times. So I, don't, I can't sit there and go, well, the Giants made that happen, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that to me is I just go, they got Stafford on the off day. They got a little lucky that way, certainly. You know, then they had the other Demarcus Robinson fumbled as they were driving one other time. That was a big moment of the football game. The Rams' defense is not a dominant defense. They are not that. We've talked about this. It's about their offense. Their defense is really well coached, but there's no big-time players there. So if you're an offense that can kind of figure out what Raheem Morris does a little bit, there, there are some plays to be had there. And it looked like that's what, you know, Tyrod Taylor and Dayball and Kafka kind of cracked a little bit as they figured out how to, you know, find some explosive plays in the pass game. Darius Slayton, Hyatt, you know, Wandell Robinson. Uh, Giants, you know, put up a, a valid effort for sure. You know, but, but ultimately, um, you know, I didn't even add the kick return, right, that Olszewski, Gunner broke like seven tackles. Yeah. Right, again, those are things where – 
I know it's good plays by the Giants, but I would go, I don't think the Rams are going to let these things happen on a regular basis, right? I don't think you count it on that way. Uh, they caught, you know, the Giants caught the Rams maybe playing B-plus football today, not as good as they have been playing. And, of course, when the Rams made the mistakes, they let the Giants gain some confidence, and slowly but surely they got in rhythm as, as the game went on. Tyron Williams is a weapon, as you mentioned. First Ram with 100 or more scrimmage yards in seven straight games since Steven Jackson. Wow. In 2009, and now Puka Nakua, their other playmaker, needs just four catches and 29 receiving yards next week to set an NFL rookie season record. I think he is the offensive rookie of the year. I, I would agree. It, Stroud, Stroud is going to be the big thing here. How much are people going to dock Stroud for the, the, the injuries and not playing the last two weeks, right? If Stroud next week comes out and plays really good and the Texans go in the playoffs, I think he's still going to edge out Nakua. But this is a historic year. I know. Like, I think that really should trump. And I know it's like the Deron Bland thing, the pick sixes, you know, but I do think there's something special about your big awards going to guys that have done something that has never been done before I, in I, the game. I, 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 you know me. I'm all for you. I'm all with you in that department. I would argue, though, and just for argument's sake, and go, C.J. Stroud is doing some of those things you're talking about as well, right? We've never seen a rookie quarterback at one point when we were going through the year going, we've never seen a rookie quarterback do That's this, true. right? It was 16 touchdown passes. It was one interception, yeah. right? You know, it was big pass plays. It wasn't like it was Charlie checked down. So that's where it's interesting, and it'll be interesting to see who the voters you know, end up going with here. Because we're such quarterback whores right now, I would bet you C.J. Stroud edges him out. I blame you. Thank Top you. 40 quarterback list, all that <laughs> stuff. Former quarterback talking about it. Uh, the quarterback for the Steelers was once again Mason Rudolph. His magic did not wear off around Christmas time. They were still able to do some things, and the Steelers beat the Seahawks 30-23. to Your headline for this one is? Death, Taxes, and Tomlin. <laughs> Tomlin always has winning record. It's amazing. It is. The third coach ever with non-losing record in 17 or more straight seasons. So you got Tom Landry, Bill Belichick, and now Mike Tomlin has done it. It's, um, it's of course, impressive. He's one of the greatest motivators, uh, communicators I've ever been around. I know I've had Steelers players tell me the same type of things. His ability to simplify the game for everybody and just hey like coaching staff players we just got to do this this week you know and and make it easier on everybody's brain his ability to manage football games I mean Mike Tomlin all these years has got like maybe one or two end of the game management blunders or mm -hmm. things we'd question he's pretty perfect in that department right and then hey they're another team like we talked about where it's just like I mean, they went three weeks in a row. I went. They look like shit. Like they look like shit. Like I don't. I'm like. I'm like. Literally, I don't. I don't remember a year watching teams play bad for this amount of time, and then all of a sudden they play the Bengals on December 23rd, and they're like a different football team, and then they go to the Seattle, and it's like they continue this positive, different football team look. I, I mean, they kicked the crap out of Seattle in the run game today. I mean, it was from the get-go. The first drive of the game, it was like, whoa, Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, you know, up the middle, holes, eight yards, five yards, eight yards. I mean, it was incredible. And then when I when you take in that with 
They run the ball like that, and Mason Rudolph is – he wants to stand in there and throw the ball down the football field. It's made them a more dangerous offense. That Seattle defense sucks, though. I will say that. And uh, they should be embarrassed by the way they were dominated today. Yeah, a 37-yard pass play to George Pickens, a 42-yarder to Deontay Johnson. Fryermuth had a 25-yarder, and they had some big ones in the run game, too. Yes, Najee Harris ends up going over 100 yards, 122, but Warren was right there with 75. 200 so, yards rushing as I've, a team. I've got a question from Samuel Taysire. Yeah. He says, is Chris interested in this Steelers team making it into the playoffs yet? I am not. Still. I am not. I am not. I'm sorry. I have so much respect for Pittsburgh, right? I really do. You know, again, we saw what? Nate Herbig get the big strip sack on Geno Smith at one point of the football yeah. game. That certainly made things like. Was it uh, Nate or Nick? Uh, uh, it was Nick. It's Nick Herbig. I know yeah. we keep messing this up. Nate is in Philadelphia, I okay. believe, right? I know. I, we, yeah, it's Nick. And Herbig. And Herbig, who's shown a lot of potential as a pass rusher. You know, but, uh, no, I still worry about the Steelers if they sneak in the playoffs of it just being a underwhelming we don't have enough offense to make the game exciting or fun to watch. I worry about that. So, no, as I sit here right now, I like the way the playoffs are set up. I would like to see Houston in over the Indianapolis Colts. That's no offense to anybody's fan base. It's purely on just enjoyment of watching football in the playoffs and what will make it the most exciting. And I pick C.J. Stroud to be in the playoffs because I think that will be the best story and the most fun to watch. Seahawks can still make the playoffs, yes, they but they need to win at Arizona. That might be difficult. And they need Green Bay to lose versus the Chicago Bears. So yeah. They need some help to get into the postseason. And that was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. Time for one more game on this Sunday, New Year's Eve, and it's the Broncos beating the Chargers in the section that we call Let Stidham Cook. And they did exactly <laughs> that. 20 of 32, 240 or 224 yards and one touchdown, 16 to 9. The Denver Broncos get the win and then immediately found out they were eliminated from the postseason. Yeah. Uh, again, another team that's building something for the future, right? The Denver Broncos. It by certainly seems Russell Wilson's done there forever. Uh, Stidham, they played conservative on the offensive side of the ball, right? They did. Stidham played it the right way. They knew they were playing a Chargers offense that's not very good and would have you know trouble moving the ball in their defense. They stayed patient with running the football, really did nothing exciting at all. You, know, you, you, you kind of hit it. The little Jordan Humphrey touchdown pass was by far the most exciting play of the day for, for the Denver Broncos on offense. But, again, I think there's a lot of positive things for the Broncos in the future. They're weak was amazing. I mean, amazingly, I don't mean to be like mean to Russell Wilson. Amazing in that just the events that went on. Russell Wilson, all they traded for to get him, the money they gave him, you know, and here we are at the end of year two of the Russell Wilson experiment, and they said, Sean Payton, one of the greatest offensive minds we've ever seen, said, I don't want him. I want somebody else. I mean, that's kind of like, like earth-shattering type of stuff right there. Did not expect that. Right, And I will say, looking through the prism of the Broncos, right, and I know we've talked about it, Russell was doing some good things. I thought, okay, they're keeping it simple. They're managing him. They're going to bring it along slowly. right? We kind of wax, hey, make some plays at the end of the game. They're, they're okay playing that way. Get his confidence up. But then like, you kind of look at it through the negative, negative prism, right? 
and they bench him, and I go, and I'm like, let me go back and watch all his passes from the last three, four games. And I think when you start to look at it through that prism, you start to go, well, yeah, Sean Payton's handcuffed by Russell Wilson. I mean, I'm watching the Patriots game, and I'm going, it's like I've seen this play like seven times already this game. They're running it again. That's not because Sean Payton doesn't have the plays in his playbook, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing, Houston-Texans game. You know, game before that that I can't remember where he just went, yeah, it's you know this is Sean Payton. He's got nine million plays in his playbook. He's got ninety million checks and formations, and they're simple as hell. And I think that's, you know, they're, he's telling you why. He was telling us why through the play and what he was calling on on the field as far as the plays itself. And I think he got to his wits end with Russell in that that Patriots game, and of course some of the mistakes that were made to go along with it. How crazy is it going to be next year, Russell Wilson? in Washington being coached by Bill Belichick. Won't that be weird? Won't that be crazy? Washington is definitely one of the teams I would say watch out for. Yeah. I would agree. Washington, um, Pittsburgh, mm. I think that's still up in the air with the quarterback position. Atlanta, right? Those are three that certainly jump out to me that I go, that makes a lot of sense, or I could see that, that happening at one point. Interesting. All yeah. right. Let Stidham cook. I, I am interested to see Stidham one more game, too. because Everybody looked, who coaches Stidham always goes. Likes him. He right? likes him because he's got talent. He's smart. You know, he can play in the pocket. And I think that's what people are excited about. But I know Josh McDaniels loved Stidham when he had him in New England and the Raiders. And from everything I hear, Sean Payton's got a lot of respect for him, too. So we'll see where it goes. One more game we don't want to forget about. Your man crush, your men crush on the defensive side. The Cleveland Browns won Thursday night football, the final game on Amazon this year. Beat the Jets 37 to 20. Joe Flacco was going crazy again. They're not managing them. They're going, we throw it in. They don't manage anything. Make fumble. We don't care. Just do what you do. I love the Browns. <laughs> like, love it. You know me. I, I mean, anybody that's been around me, I know you've been around me enough. I love teams that are just. Old school, physical, in your face, kind of play an ugly brand of football, right? We're in 2023. It's always, oh, throw the ball. This is so pretty. Yards. Oh, go for it. Blah, blah, blah. All that. The Browns, even though they go for it way too much, uh, they have a Super Bowl winning defense. Let me just say this right now, right? The Browns can go to the Super Bowl. The Browns have a unit on the defensive side that is so elite that they can go to the Super Bowl riding that, def that defense. And then again, yes, I'm going to say it for the third straight week, you have to rein in Joe Flacco a little bit, and if they can run the ball a little bit to where they don't have to rely on him to throw it 40 times a game, watch out. If they can get these tackles up to speed with the interior part of their O-line, they will be dangerous. They can win the Super Bowl. It is a Super Bowl defense, right? And Flacco's playing great, and they got some weapons on offense, and Joku's awesome. Cooper, I know he didn't play the other night, but when he's healthy, he's been awesome. That's where I say it. But they are too aggressive in every aspect of their game. Whether it's Flacco, like I'm talking about, it's 13-7, to and they cause a fumble by the Jets. There they are. It's fourth and goal from the four. Kick the field goal and go up 16-7. to Okay. They don't get the first down, all right? And I know that I believe they still caused a turnover the next drive from the Jets. My point is you're not going to get away with that against the Ravens or Mahomes in the playoffs, some of these other teams. You're going to go down and go, damn, we could have been up by nine, but we went for it, and now they're driving down to go take the lead, right? 
That's what I don't want to happen to Cleveland. It's a little too just pedal to the metal all the time. And I know there's some value in that. I get that. But I think they overdo it a little sure. bit, right? And they're going to let some team that they're going to outplay in the playoffs, all of a sudden we're going to go, damn, they kicked the shit out of this team, and the Browns are going to lose. That sucks. And I don't want that to happen. Yeah. So hopefully they'll hear me. The, the, the point that I made in the devil's advocate on yeah. that, of course, you know, I, I, I no, like, I'm I a little more prone to yeah. enjoy the aggressive I style. Of like, like If you have a defense like the Browns and you're down at the three-yard line, it's fourth and goal from the three, and you don't get it, it's like the consolation prize is like that team has to go 97 yards. On I understand. Defense, and they're deep in their own end. And maybe your defense is going to cause a turnover that gets you a quick score. There I'm too. saying the formula that I've seen work with these type of teams through me, Chris Sims, football historian, mm-hmm. the 85 Bears weren't going, we're going to go for it. We're going to go for it. They just went, we'll kick the field goal, and our defense will kick the shit out of them again, and we'll have another short field. And if we have to kick 74 field goals today to win, you know, uh, uh, 245 to nothing, okay, then do it, right? The Giants is 86. They weren't going for it on fourth and four. The Ravens of 2000 weren't going, we're going to go for it on fourth and four. The 2015 Broncos win the Super Bowl with the worst quarterback play in football. They weren't going, look, fourth and four, we're going to go for it every time, no matter what. That's all I'm trying to say. Football history has shown me that that's not the right thing to do with that type of football team. I know they got got away with it against the shitty-ass Jets. I'm just saying you might not get away with it against some of the other good teams in the AFC. Vago K tweets us and said, that is sick. New Year's Eve. Chris, Ahmed, Pete taping the pod for the homies, and Morgan, and Gabby. Gabby, get out of the building. Go, Gabby, we are done go. right now. Gabby to your, wants to get out of get here to your for friends, New Year's party. Get to your five friends, New Year's away. Eve party. Gabby oh, is good. in route to go, car right now. Pete is released out of here. Pete doesn't like, even hear it. The hell with you, Gabby? Yeah, How'd you, you twit on us? Around. <laughs> so early. Morgan is here to oh, ring in the New Morgan, Year with us. Morgan. She's got a, a bottle of, so this is champagne that I brought from home. You um, don't know what you're doing here. I do, you I do? do. Matthew Barry. Oh, bottle popper. Oh, hold on. Are we going to do this? Yeah. yeah oh, she wow, does know what good. she's doing. Happy New Year. That was very, in fact, that makes me think you've done that many, many times. Of course she has. <laughs> she's a partier. Yeah, in a good way. Ho- a hosting of a, wow. a host, a good host. Uh, Matthew Barry got that bottle of champagne for the unbuttoned pod. Is that right? Well, he gave it to me last week. Oh, okay. And I really appreciated it. Right. And now I've re-gifted it. To the unbuttoned. So pod. don't say that. Don't make Matthew Berry try to make him look better to me than he is. He's not. What a jerk. He gave you this. Yes. He gave me one too last I week. Know. Too. He was very uh, generous with that. He was very generous. With <laughs> Happy New Cheers, Year, Morgan, New Pete, Pete. Uh, we would get you a glass back there, but uh, we got to drink. Hey, seriously, to everybody on the podcast, uh, I couldn't do it without you. So I do appreciate all of you and all your help. You're the best. You really are. I got a great crew here. And to all the homies out there, oh. thanks for being loyal listeners to two knuckleheads like me and Ahmed Farid. <laughs> Ahmed is, you know, a professional. I'm a knucklehead yes. that swears too much, but I love football, and I hope everybody can appreciate that. So happy New Year's to everybody out there. Be safe, okay? New Year's Day, some good college football. is the best time of the year. We're end of the season, NFL playoffs, bowl games going on. It's awesome. Everybody be safe. Take care of your family and friends. Happy New Year. Peace out. We'll see you next year. Clap it up. Clap it up. Clap it up. Yeah, it's working. Happy New Year. 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.